My name is Matthew Whitehouse. You're listening to The Face Podcast. Every week, we're going to look at the biggest stories from the worlds of music, movies, fashion and politics. We're going to discuss what's hot and what's not. And we're going to give you the face take on everything from the Brits to the Oscars to Fashion Week and everything in between. So for the benefit of people listening, I am currently looking at uh, Face Features editor Olive Pometzi and Face staff writer Jade Wicks, because we're recording this one remotely for the first time, and it feels very much like two years ago, doesn't it? Kind of pandemic speaking to one another over video. But it's nice to see both Jade, you finally made it back from Berlin where you were discotheque the weekend away and, 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 and came up with some excuse that your flight was cancelled uh, <laughs> and you couldn't be back at work yesterday, but now you're back. Yes, I'm back. I'm raring to go. Very convenient that my flight was cancelled, wasn't it? But no. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, did, I, I might have Googled whether the strikes were happening. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness i'm horrified <laughs> but you made it back and that's the main thing that's yes. the main thing. We're glad to have you back and you're back in time to talk about the academy awards which took place on sunday night and it was the sort of first post-pandemic oscars i suppose after a proper year of cinema going wasn't it we sort of had top gun maverick and avatar and kind of big cinema going films and olive you were on our uh, BAFTA episode a few weeks ago talking about your favourite movies of last year so I thought Jade it would be good to start with you and you can tell us what you were sort of rooting for going into the awards. Yeah well going into the awards I think everyone in the face office knows that I'm a big After Sun fan um, and mm. I was really happy to see that Paul Mescal kind of got his like wild card nomination. Um, I was sad to see that After Sun wasn't nominated for any kind of bigger awards in terms of directing or screenplay or anything like that but I was really happy to see him kind of get some credit for that one and then of course Banshees of Inner Sharon absolutely loved the kind of like the big Irish moment that there that we were having at the Oscars this year was, was really pleasant to see I think. Just gonna ask Jade how many times she went to go see Afterfun again? Oh I went to see Aftersun three times and wept like a baby every single time um but yeah absolutely mm. love it love it yeah it was a beautiful film wasn't it a really beautiful mm. and you're right it, w- it would have been nice to see charlotte uh is it charlotte wells was the director yeah. mm-hmm. uh recognized because it was a really really wonderfully directed movie but it's nice that you mentioned paul mescal because we had a lot of sort of first time nominees at, at this oscars didn't we he was he was one of them and brendan fraser and michelle yo was her first first time jamie lee curtis uh key kwan Colin Farrell and that kind of and it was something we spoke about Olive on the BAFTA film but that sort of dominated the chatter going into the awards didn't it that sort of year of the comeback not for Paul Mescal because it was the first time but a lot of those of us it felt like a comeback for them yeah definitely I think this is something that we're seeing you know across all of Hollywood not just film you know you've got Jennifer Coolidge people like that <laughs> completely dominating TV and cinema and it's really nice to see and these actors who have been in the industry for decades, really grafting and often their work has been overlooked. Quite often that has been a result of, you know, prejudice and racism in the industry. So it's been really, really nice to see, especially in terms of everywhere, everything everywhere all at once, for the actors and the talent in that to be getting their flowers. Well, let's talk about that because th- th- that movie obviously swept almost all of the major kind of acting awards and kind of and, and everything everywhere all at once won best picture of course um so let's talk about that movie how, how much of an important moment 
was that and, and kind of what did it represent for you guys? There's like a, a couple of things to discuss here. I mean, the, first of all, there's the fact that it's an A24 film, um, which has kind of become the powerhouse production studio that is dominating not only was season, but it's also managed to really capture cinema goers and, you know, the wider population of cinema goers. I think there's like a very hardcore A24 stand base. You can buy the merch. And that's been really interesting to see. I mean, in terms of the story, I think it's just so unique and it's interesting that, you know, when you look at it against all of the other Best Picture nominations, they were like quite sad, sombre movies, um, mostly about white men. And, you know, even though everything everywhere all at once, that is quite an emotional and sad film about motherhood and generational trauma. Um, but it's also very fun and it's full of action. And um, there's all of these different things that go into it. And I think probably that is part of the reason why it's been so heavily nominated because it really gave, um, you know, Michelle Yeoh and Kay Hui Kran um, the opportunity to showcase drama, action, comedy. There's everything in it all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's quite like, it's quite a simple story, really, at its heart, but it's it was just told in such a like creative and unique and fun way that kind of like didn't hold back in any way, shape or form. And it obviously resonated with so many people. Um, and I, I find it quite heartening to see that a film like that can kind of get nominated and give so many amazing actors the chance to finally kind of show off their their talents like that. And yeah, I'm really happy that it got so heavily awarded for sure. And it gave us two really good speeches, didn't it? In, in Michelle Yeoh and Keikui Kwan. Just watching him collect that award was, I think, one of the most emotional parts of the night, wasn't it? And then later on, when you saw him hug Harrison Ford, when he presented the award for Best Picture, I thought it was, was brilliant. But um, yeah, two two good speeches, right? And and, and sort of recognising what, a, particularly Michelle Yeoh, sort of recognising what a big moment that was. Yeah, I mean, she's a second woman of colour to ever win Best Actress, the first Asian woman to ever win it. And so that was a huge moment. And I think when you're thinking about, you know, what do award shows mean and are they important? You can see in those speeches how much it means to those actors and how much it means to their communities. And just the fact that they both shouted out the mums. Also, I noticed mm. that both of their mums are 84 years old, which is interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> they both said that in their speech. And Michelle especially said that she's going to take it back home to her family in Malaysia, which was just really lovely to hear and see. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to mention about um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Like the fact that it's won so many awards and has done so well, I think also gives um, other filmmakers the opportunity to get their films made, no matter how kind of like wacky and kind of crazy the idea might seem, you know, to see it sweep up so many awards means that, you know, there's less limits on what can get made. It doesn't always have to be a really sad, straightforward kind of film about trauma. It can be fun and creative as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it wasn't actually my favourite film of the year. I, I, I was a big Fablemans and Tar guy, um, neither of which won anything. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I'm, I'm so glad that a movie that's that bonkers and is so brilliant for representation has won so uh, in such a big way is, is obviously a, a huge moment so I'm really happy and in terms of other people that you were excited to see celebrated who who were who you kind of particularly happy for well there's Brendan Fraser he's another comeback story again that was a really another really emotional speech but Brendan Fraser's performance in The Whale was incredible I know that you know the film itself was quite controversial and um, caused a lot of debate about the use of a fat suit and whether that was something that should have gone to an actor who was already obese. But, you know, considering what he had to do and the transformation of it, and I think, you know, just 
so much was conveyed through this story that wasn't really about him being obese. It was about him coming to terms with the choices that he's made in life, dealing with the fallout of his relationship with his daughter. He is in every single scene in that film. And it was just an incredible performance. Yeah, I think he is a great performance in a film that I maybe didn't love, but I think he's particularly good in it. I think I think everybody does well in that movie, actually. It's been particularly divisive, that film, hasn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the points that people have made about, you know, being fat phobic. And I think when you watch it, depending on your stance, there's a sense that Darren Aron- Aronofsky was, he was trying to create empathy that, empathy there and humanize people who are living in that condition but I think maybe there is the argument to be said that more people should have been involved in that project who can have a more authentic view of it but I think in terms of the actors what they did with the material was just brilliant especially you know Hong Chao was amazing Sadie Sink did a great job definitely and I think it's just a kind of experience that you rarely get to see on screen very often. I know it's, it's been said online that often, um, you know, people with eating disorders aren't really treated with the same, in the same way that other people are. And so I think it was nice for that kind of experience of representation to get its moment in the limelight as well. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, you know, um, everything everywhere all at once being a film about trauma. And it, it does feel like the, the whale is a film about trauma as well, you know, and it's, and it's manifested in a certain way, but it is fundamentally a film about trauma and how one carries that. And, and I think, Brendan Fraser was able to bring a lot of his own kind of personal experience and pain to that role. And I, th- I think, yeah, I agree. I think he did a really good job with the with the material. So was kind of uh, happy to see him win. Is there anyone that you that didn't get an award that you would have liked to have seen celebrated? I think for me, Best Supporting Actress was a bit of a disappointment. I think, you know, everyone would have loved it if Angela Bassett would have yeah. um, got the award for Black Panther. Um, but then... You know, even if you're just looking at everything everywhere all at once, I think if you were going to choose one supporting actress for that award, it should have been Stephanie Thu, in my opinion, mm, um, because her role is so complex in it. Um, she plays two characters, basically. And even I did it, a couple of months ago, her audition tape was going around on the on Twitter. And even just seeing that without, you know, the visual effects and the costuming, she was just so incredible and she just knew what to do with the role, it seems, instantly. And it would have been amazing to see her get that award. Mm, definitely. And I guess like this got me thinking as well about whether or not winning an Oscar is an accolade for your entire acting career or just one really good performance, which kind of makes me think perhaps that could be why Jamie Lee Curtis won over Stephanie Sue, um, even though she arguably gave a better performance, um, which kind of seems to be a bit of a recurring theme at the Oscars, which is kind of a, a gripe that a lot of people have with it and that I agree with for sure. I think she should have taken home that award. It was sad to see her be the only person not holding the Oscar on the champagne carpet, not the red carpet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was, I mean, it was a, it was a bonkers role for Jamie Lee Curtis. To win an yeah. Oscar. I mean, I don't think it would be good to seeing Jamie Lee Curtis win an award. And I enjoyed her speech, and you know, and she's she's wonderful. But um, yeah, it would have been nice to see Stephanie Hsu win that one. Anyone else that kind of missed that? For me, it's Kate Blanchett entirely because she was, she was just she just looked like she was having so much fun in that role, you know. And I I thought Tar was. Excellent. As I say, it was, it was up there with the Fablemans as, as my favourite of last year. So I'd have liked to have seen Kate Blanchett win, although I was happy for, for Michelle Yeoh, of course. Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting that Tar didn't get anything because there is so much hype around that film. And it definitely feels like the kind of thing that is, you know, on a silver platter, ready for um, <laughs> the Academy to eat it up. And Kate, as you say, was incredible in that she just fully transformed into 
an extremely terrifying <laughs> um, maestro. I guess it never, I suppose it kind of, it got really strong reviews coming out of festival season and then kind of it never really played that well with audiences. And I feel as though Everything Everywhere All at Once was kind of one of those movies that, although it came out so long, it must have come out a year ago now, right? Yeah. It was a long, long time ago. Uh, and kind of, it's managed to sort of sustain a run in the way that Tar didn't you know and kind of it was a good word of mouth movie and i think anecdotally a lot of friends liked the film you know and i don't know as many people that watch tar so yeah. i wonder if it's that kind of just sort of ran out of steam a little bit didn't it i think tar's maybe one of those films where you kind of read the reviews and everyone's raving about it but it's actually probably quite a hard film to kind of watch and enjoy in the same way that everything everywhere all at once is it's kind of like marmite a little bit in that sense yeah 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 not like cocaine bear which was surely <laughs> <laughs> the award next next year. There was a cocaine bear moment, wasn't there? And someone was wearing a cocaine bear suit at one point. Yes, yeah. next to Elizabeth Banks. Um, and it was like making a case for how important CGI and special effects are because that bear did not look terrifying in the slightest. But it was a right, good moment. Right. I enjoyed that. What did you think of the awards though? Aside from the kind of, uh, you know, literal giving out of the awards, what did you think of the show itself? Personally, I always think that the Oscars are, can be a little bit boring. Mm. It's kind of one of those ones where you're excited to see who wins, you're excited to see your faves hopefully take home an award. But in terms of the actual show itself, it's not one where, you know, after the Grammys, people will be talking about a particular performance, but you don't necessarily come away from the Oscars with that feeling, unless, of course, there's a very dramatic and controversial <laughs> moment, um, like last year's slap, um, which yeah. was definitely something that I think um, Jimmy Kimmel relied on a lot for his jokes during this year's ceremony. For me this year more than other years there was definitely a bit more of a sense of trepidation just because like it really all did blow up last year and I thought oh you know what could happen this year you know what could be next is there going to be something that's going to upstage that kind of moment but then yeah it was just kind of back to regular programming of just going through the motions of of the award shows which is it always just falls a little bit short I think personally yeah i mean it felt like a deliberate choice didn't it and jimmy kimmel's has, has hosted the show before and the opening monologue it kind of it didn't you know he power, sort of parachuted in near to a top gun maverick moment and he he stayed on fairly safe ground and i think a lot of the jokes were aimed at james cameron and tom cruise neither of which were in the building so <laughs> the risk of a slap uh felt quite remote but it felt on safe ground i did, I did one thing i really noticed was that how tight the crop was when people were accepting their awards mm. did you notice that it felt really really like a tight crop i didn't love that but it was played it safe and and i, I don't think there was any kind of major moments from the presenting or the accepting of awards the one moment that sticks in my mind most is is hugh grant that seems to be the moment that people were sharing sharing um most widely right on the internet the next morning yeah i was just a bit like if you say grumpy about it then why are you there um that's much more just my view <laughs> i mean it was it was so painful and to be honest i can see both sides like she obviously just didn't really she was just so uncomfortable but then also he was adding to her he could tell she was uncomfortable and he just showed her no grace or compassion whatsoever which did make for like a good gag but also i i don't know i kind of see both sides of this one i think it reminded me a bit of that robert smith you know from the cure 
clip when were they inducted into the Rock and Roll Roll Hall of Fame and they were at some I don't know they were at something and there was a kind of a very you know cheery American host and he was very droll and very British and I wondered if it was just a bit lost in translation perhaps yeah I definitely think there was an element of that yeah I think I don't know it's weird when you see these clips going around on Twitter and everyone like instantly is weighing in an opinion which kind of like shapes your opinion but I think Amelia Diamond Goldberg chicken shop date girl um she did the Vanity Fair party interviews and she's also got like a similar sense of humor and everyone kind of just rolled with it so I do think um Hugh Grant was being a bit of a meanie um, <laughs> but I feel like you know as a celebrity you get on the red carpet you know that you're going to be asked questions about what you're wearing and maybe it is really annoying but maybe you can also just answer it I don't know that's just my view but I feel like as someone who sometimes interviewed grumpy celebrities. I sympathise with Ashley Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and in terms of other stuff that you said, I think the only other notable thing I can think of that I saw was Lady Gaga picking up a photographer that fell over. Was that the most exciting thing that happened? Was there anything else? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, Lady Gaga makes it quite a habit, doesn't she, to kind of like help people. Does she? <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't she help? She helped like Liza Minnelli walk on stage or something that's at right she did yeah. and there was another yeah. one who was that big jazz legend that she collaborated with tony bennett yeah and she kind of helped him as well i think she's kind of got this good samaritan aura about her right. she's, she's upholding <laughs> oh. it every award show i thought it was quite funny seeing her in a in sort of very glammed and, and done up in the audience and then when she went to do a performance <laughs> in her ripped jeans and a t-shirt and then back in the dress for the <laughs> for sitting in the audience i thought it was quite funny yeah um, and she got all that makeup off and then the hairdos changed it all and then presumably did it all again it's bonkers mm, mm. i'd expect nothing less though from lady gaga <laughs> <laughs> and what about in terms of uh, other uh, fame, favorite red carpet moments? Although it wasn't a red carpet, was it? I think one of you said earlier it was a champagne coloured. It carpet. was. It was a disgusting champagne coloured carpet that got really dirty. Why did they do that? Yeah, there's like loads of like scuffs and bits of dust that are really visible in the pictures. Uh, but yeah, the red carpet. Well, there was Thames, obviously, um, in her crazy. I can't remember what the designer was, but she had the massive dress on with the kind of hooded cloud element, which completely blocks the view of the person behind her while sat that down. That was very funny. Whoever was next to her as well was craning their neck the whole <laughs> <laughs> evening. It's quite funny as well, because she just looks so unbothered in the pictures. Like she just is completely not bothered about the fact that everyone around her is having to move <laughs> to, to I accommodate that. her dress. <laughs> I love that. I wonder if the designer kind of thought it would be more of a like, round table situation where she wouldn't necessarily be kind of like completely <laughs> obstructing someone's view i mean we love thames and, and former mm. face cover stuff but i would not want to be sat behind her at an awards do in that dress i also loved hong chow's dress which i think was archive prada i thought she looked really chic and simplistic um but not too boring like it was just a really nice column baby pink dress with a kind of crazy train on the back but it kind of worked so those are the matty standouts mm, yeah i really loved um Gigi hadid's custom zach posen kind of blood red um tight fitting gown i thought that was amazing and then um, really detailed and obviously looks like it took a really long time to do um also loved adra boa's kind of lueve orchid boob dress, yeah i liked that which was really nice yeah i loved those mm, and paul mescal looked good i thought 
He always yeah, looks good. Yeah, he has little flares. <laughs> <laughs> and the mullet as well. Everything just ties in so well. Yeah, I'm, I'm preaching to converted, aren't I, with you guys? Oh, my God. oh yes. <laughs> so look, I mean, there's so much kind of discourse around the Oscars is, does anyone care? Is anybody watching it? You know, what the, the ratings still remain kind of, I don't know if they're ever going to get back to what they were however many years ago. But clearly we do care because we're talking about it now and I've dedicated a podcast to it and I've watched it and kind of have seen the, you know, what people are discussing online, blah, blah, blah. So why do we still care about the Oscars? Why, why are they still interesting and why are they still something worth watching? Well, I think there's just always an appetite for A, seeing our favourite celebrities get dressed up and B, seeing them all kind of interact with each other. It's kind of this, again, bringing up the multiverse, but this multiverse of madness where all your kind of favourite film actors kind of crossover in this mental, ostentatious manner. And I don't even think, to be honest, that the ratings have anything to do with it because everything just kind of gets condensed down into videos for TikTok and Twitter and made into memes, which actually is probably the kind of currency that these award shows should be thinking about dealing in going forward. And like Instagram accounts like Diet Prada or journalists like Evan Ross Katz, they're the ones who kind of push the content forward and make it relevant for young people. But, you know, as a barometer for for true talent and good filmmaking, I'm not sure the Oscars is the best way to do that. But as a kind of pop cultural moment, I think it's definitely still relevant. Yeah, I think there's always a debate about whether it matters, who cares, you know, are the Academy boards, are they making the right choices? Are they, you know, diverse enough? All of these kind of conversations. But I think, you know, within the industry, it does really matter to the people who are working in it to be have those moments where their work is celebrated and of course that's going to be frustrated when you feel like you've worked on something that does deserve getting a nod and it doesn't but then you see moments like Michelle Yeoh's speech um, which have been so emotional and I think those are like the emotion that these people have when they go on stage and accept their awards is evidence enough as to why these things matter mm. well the, the, look thinking about that and kind of the ratings and, and, and getting people to watch well if you were kind of uh, part of the team that were putting together the academy awards what would what would you do to bring more sort of younger viewers in i'm just sick and tired of seeing the same hosts every year so boring just want someone someone a bit different a bit of a wild card i'm just trying to think who that who would you be. have oh god z-way Oh yeah, Z-Way would be amazing. I really enjoyed um, Jared Carmichael at the Golden Globes. I thought he did a really good job of that, and it was such an awkward. He was in such an awkward position um, presenting that award. It was obvious that they were like trying to get more black people involved, and I think he did a really good monologue that was at the same time um, funny, but spoke truth to a lot of the things that are going on in Hollywood that are not so pleasant. And he told that line really well, and I think. He would be a great person for more award shows to get involved going forward. I wonder about the music as well, because I know that the um, sort of in memoriam section is supposed to be somber, but uh, <laughs> this Lady Gaga and Rihanna moment, we could have done with something a bit more upbeat, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you can still have the like um, somber, serious um, performances and, you know, do the in memoriam section, but like, you know, for instance, Doja Cat's song Vegas for Elvis was one of the biggest songs last year. It was all over TikTok. Everyone loved it. Like, if she'd have come in, done a bit of a performance, you could have even had, you know, Austin Butler involved somehow. Like, just, oh my God. you know, put on a proper show. Like, that would have been crazy. <laughs> Definitely something that plays it a little bit less safe, I think, next year. I think it's all a bit... 
It's just all a bit buttoned up. It needs to be a bit more sexy for sure. Mm, a bit more Paul Mescal, right, Jade? Exactly. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, just lastly, before we go from, from, from both of you, top of your head, first, first, um, first thought, favourite moment of the night. Jade, you go first. I really enjoyed Hugh Grant being weird um, to Ashley Graham. I just thought that was the perfect kind of low stakes drama, but celebrity events and award shows like this one should generate um, kind of healthy discourse that that isn't too dramatic, but is is fun nonetheless. Mm. And Olive, what about you? Favorite moment from the night? Well, we haven't talked about Jenny the donkey, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought she looked scared. Okay. I thought yeah. she looked a bit frightened. Well, better. you know, it actually and it wasn't, wasn't actually the real Jenny donkey. the donkey. No. What? Mm-hmm. The fake donkey dupe. <laughs> <laughs> but he was cute and I've also heard reports that Jenny the Donkey was like a right diva on set of um, Banshee the Venice Showing apparently she was like you can go near her like she'd kick you and stuff and I just love that energy really? for an animal wow <laughs> you had her own barn no one was yeah. allowed in <laughs> Spe- special fresh organic. hay only yes organic hay only yeah <laughs> <laughs> My name is Matthew Whitehouse, editor of The Face. The Face podcast is produced by Frontier Productions, music by Lewis Culture, recorded at the Standard London.